0: Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.
1: The vaccine portal for 12 to 15 year olds has opened, and a lot of you still wondering about whether you should vaccinate your kids or not. And uh, Maria, Limerick mother, is on the line. Good morning to you. How are you doing? Good morning, Joe. How are you this morning? I'm not too bad. So, um, you've chatted to your 14 year old about this. That's correct. I have
2: a 14-year-old daughter, Charlie. And like any important discussion, issues, decisions to make, we sit down as a family. I have an 11-year-old daughter as well. So we actually sat down initially when myself and my husband were contemplating on getting the vaccine, even though we had decided as adults we were getting it, but we wanted to see the kids' opinion. So just as important when it came to registering Charlie, my 14-year-old, we sat down and discussed it with her to see her opinion on it and her view and to get her feedback with it. And? She's going for it, and we have her registered. Without a doubt, she wanted to get it done, which we were delighted with, that we didn't have to discuss further, but she wanted to get it done, without a doubt. And she has looked into it, like any 14-year-old, they have access to phones, internet, the whole lot. And she had actually looked up the advantages that weigh out the disadvantages of getting it. And she said she wants to get it done, without a doubt.
1: I suppose the point being that there are lots of things that people under 18 are not legally allowed to do without parental consent. And some things they're not allowed to do even with parental consent. Um, but in your case, you're, you're comfortable that she's at an age and um, of a maturity to go for this.
2: I am. She has her own voice and she has her own opinion. I'm very much, we parent that way. We do listen. We will make the decisions in the end going on what we discuss with the family. But we always, any topic, any decision that has to be made that will affect us individually or as a family, we discuss. And she pointed out certain reasons why she wanted to get it done. And she has discussed with her friends as well. And even one of her close friends is not getting the vaccine done. And as Charlie said, you respect that person's decision.
1: Right. We're chatting to Limerick mum, Maria. Michelle is a mum as well. She's on the line. Hi, Michelle. Hi, I'm Joe. How are you? So, what's the story in your house when it comes to this? Um,
0: well, we our children are a little bit younger now than Maria, so um, our oldest is almost eight, and our youngest is almost three. So, we the decision really is up to the parents, I suppose. In this case, even though we have discussed it with the seven year old, but not to the point where Maria went with Charlie, obviously. But um, we've decided to that if it becomes available, if it is approved by the European Medical, Med- Medicines Agency, then we will go ahead. Um, because if it is recommended, the EMA are probably one of the most prudent agencies. Through my work, I've had exposure to the FDA, to the EMA, etc. So, you know, I know how stringent they are. They are probably one of the most conservative. If they approve it for children, then I think that we should probably do it. I mean, it is about getting this immunity for everyone
1: until everyone's vaccinated. Yeah. You know, none uh, of us are safe. I mean, interesting, Michelle, you know, in your um, situation at home in terms of age range is closer to what I have at home. And, yes. and I, I have to say that this one is is tougher than deciding to get it myself. Uh, you know, I, I, I was absolutely gung-ho to, to get it, and I did, and I'm delighted that I'm double-vaxxed. And I found actually on holidays that it was probably the first time that I felt reasonably normal, do you know what I mean, in certain yeah. settings, even though we were still careful and we dined outside when we could and all that stuff. But at the same time, you, you didn't feel under the same intensity of pressure, I suppose. But while we would lean towards and we'd end up getting it for for a child, it's it's it just it feels... <laughs> a more balanced decision you know what I mean finally balanced yes, that's the word yeah. I'm
0: for. now in fairness my own sister was saying she'd think twice about it um, you know we had this discussion we are actually away all together and we had this discussion last week and her and her husband were saying well what about the long term effects on a child they don't know that yet because they haven't done the testing but I happen to you know have a little bit of insight and you know they've been working on these vaccines for 30 years it does seem
1: like, you know, it's just
0: happened in the last year. But merely, it's just that they put so much money
1: Sorry, just to explain that, and, this is the Pfizer or Moderna, which they will yeah, be offering the 1215s the, the RNAs. So the, the, the technology has been worked on for three decades.
0: Yes, exactly. And, you know, the epidemiologists have been working on it for a long time. Like, like, you know, Charlie and like Maria and like yourself have done a bit of research on it. But like, they've been working on it for a long time. It's merely that They've been able to put the money, the emphasis behind it in the pandemic, you know. So it's not unknown technology. But it is true, though, that they haven't tested on children because normally these are developed for SARS. And they started working on the SARS vaccine in the 90s, Yeah, you know, because they, they knew it was going to be a problem. It was going to be a, a SARS would have developed that would be resistant, that would escape, that would go global and become a pandemic.
1: Yeah. You and, know so
0: and, it's not unknown
1: uh, Yeah and this this, you know is part of that ongoing dilemma we've had from the start of the pandemic between public health i.e. the good of the community and individual decisions and the fact that there is a worry for sure that when mm. schools and creches come back in a significant way there will be a spread among unvaccinated children and what impact could that have on, on wider society as well we're chatting yeah. to uh, Michelle and Maria about this um, and marie is with me um, as well morning. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of this?
3: It's very difficult. A bit like what you said, you're you're deciding for the person in the household that you would most want to protect. Um, I I suppose the issue I have one falling into that category. Um, The issue is at that age, they're at the age where things can have a huge impact on them. They have that a a bit more of awareness than the seven, eight year old category that, you know, the 12 to 15s. and trying to let them have their input I'm finding difficult because when they Google and they see stuff online and they're not necessarily sure of uh, the background of this information I've seen absolute rubbish on Facebook I've seen rubbish online of people making arguments you know against children and I have absolutely no problem with anyone who feels a child should not be vaccinated if they give you facts And stop perpetuating this rubbish. And unfortunately, that age group are seeing all this information too. And if there's a bit of anxiety there, which there is in my household, it's making it incredibly difficult.
1: Yeah. Uh, Maria, as a matter of interest, for your 14-year-old, what were the factors that she put to you um, that were persuading her she wanted to go for the vaccine?
2: Okay. First of all, our full household got COVID on New Year's Day this year and this was a major impact on her decision. It started off my 11-year-old came in with this. We had been very, very, very protective all along because I have an underlying condition, so I would have been high risk. But my 11-year-old got it first. She literally suffered seven hours of it. She was fine. Only for one or two of the symptoms, a sore throat, high temperature, you wouldn't have actually known. You wouldn't have gone and got her tested. Then myself and my husband got it. Um, And then Charlie went down, came down with it, and we actually found Charlie unconscious at the top of the stairs with temperatures of 102. So, and every time we all got tested, uh, every time Charlie started peaking, the high temperatures again, she went unconscious Um, and very bad things in her chest. Uh, We were over and back to the doctor. We were video calling the doctor and checking her out. It was a frightening time for all of us. as she said, I, as it, with me, with my underlying condition as well, I ended up getting very bad with it, and I suffered with long COVID. I lost my taste and my smell for a solid six months. Um, with all of that in line, it's still actually quite emotional what we went through with the family. Now, again, we were very lucky. I was hospitalized but only for a day, which was frightening for the kids. Seeing their mom gone off to a hospital due to COVID, not knowing when I was going to come back. But Charlie is actually nervous if she gets it again. Will it be worse? Will she not be as lucky this time, the second time out? So I think that had a major impact on her decision.
1: Right. Well, I think that is probably the place to leave this conversation because you've given us something very, very Serious to think about in the context of why um, your daughter is making the decision to, uh, in the 12 to 15 um, uh, cohort, to get the vaccine. Thank you very much for telling us that. Uh, We appreciate uh, your time, Maria, Michelle, and of course, Anne Marie. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.